to episode 413 of the Steel Cage Podcast. My name is Derek Montilla, occasionally known as the 24-7-48-7-7-11-I-95 South W9 champ. I'm happy to have you here for another fun week of wrestling. Uh, that Every vo- time, Derek. That voice you hear right there is currently being recruited as the next member of the Robert Stone brand. It's the Neo X. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you, sir? Uh, man, I'm uh, one 12% beer down and three to go. Yes. Well, this is going to be a good show just based on that information. Uh, the other voice you, you, you might hear here in a second is claiming that he's going to have the greatest wrestling match of all time on Sunday. It's Uncle Beak. <laughs> oh, man, that's hard to live up to. I don't think anybody can live up to that, honestly. No one. No one. No one. No one. <laughs> Why would you even say that? It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Beak does have the best pup in the business. He does Probably have one the best, of the best pup. Best yes. beards in the business. Yes. Yes, it's an excellent beard. Some, some of the best shirts in the business. Absolutely. Hey, oh, dude, speaking of shirts, uh, I am currently selling two uh, Black Lives Matter wrestling yes. game shirts for charity. So uh, if you get over to my Pentagonzo page on Tee Public, just go to you can Google it, T Public Pentagonzo. It's right there for you. And all the proceeds will be going to charity. Please do that. Please do that. And thank you so much and, uh, for doing that. Real quick, too, that'll be in the show description as well. So be on the lookout. Beautiful. That's a wonderful thing for you to be putting out there. It's it's a crazy time. People have uh, been protesting. It's kind of cool to see people coming together. A lot of people in the pro wrestling world out there uh you know supporting absolutely black lives matter and not only that but out there uh i've seen i've seen a lot of indie wrestlers out there protesting and uh mv young uh a, a fun follow on twitter has been uh out there like donating gatorades and water during the protest and just doing his part to be uh, you know part of the movement i i've never seen anything like this in my lifetime it's it's kind of insane i know beak you're you're up there in Washington, and I know things have been pretty insane there. Oh, dude, Seattle's been nuts. Uh, one day they say they're banning tear gas. The next day they're using tear gas on the protesters. So It's wild, dude. I it's saw I, I saw him shoot somebody at, like, point-blank range with, with oh, yeah, a tear girl? gas gun. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah. I mean, we've I mean, had tear deaths. Tear gas are a little kid. Yeah. Uh, also, my buddy, speaking of wrestlers, my boy Jaden, he was up in Seattle as well as down in Portland as well, you know, making his voice heard. So, yeah, respect to people taking their platform at the risk of possibly alienating some people. But those people you alienate, do you really want them on board anyway? Right, right. That's, no. that's Fuck them and fuck their kids. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been one of the few times that I've been pleasantly pleased to lose like 200 followers in a week simply for uh, retweeting stuff i i i mean i i strongly support the black lives matter movement i haven't really made that any kind of secret or or not been vocal about it but i've been holding back personally on some of the stuff i say because of the work i do with with the other website and with sports trying not to you know alienate too many people but i don't really care i don't i i this is not a a matter that i feel is like political i feel like uh caring for people and caring about their lives should be something everybody does and shouldn't really be uh, a political stance that causes any kind of division. 
if if you're unfollowing people because you don't like them supporting Black Lives Matter, then that's, you, that's something you might you might need, you might need to look at yourself a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, take a moment to reflect on what that means. Right. Like, hey, this well, guy used to be fun and make dick jokes all the time, and now he cares about black people. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. On, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's uh, I mean the the events of today, of course, will affect the future for of tomorrow. So yeah, it's it's without a doubt, it's a paramount time that we're that we're living in, and um, you know you just. I think, you, you know, you just got to love one another, respect one another, and just ultimately remember uh, all lives don't matter until black lives matter. I mean, yep. I think I think really getting that point across, uh, you know, really will hit home to a lot of people if they just realize that, that, yes, all lives matter, but not until black lives matter. I've, yeah. I've this seen this about all of us. I've seen so yeah. many uh, I've seen so many people breaking it down on, you know. On, on a on a childlike level to try to get people to understand why, you know, it's not about all lives right now. And I've seen right. a lot of metaphors that are great and a lot of explanations. It's just wild to me that we need so many metaphors to get people to wrap their minds around it. I, I get I get how people can kind of feel under attack sometimes. You know, I sure. get I get how a good police officer might feel under attack during stuff like this. I get how a non-racist white person doesn't understand how it's, why isn't it all lives matter? Why? I thought we all matter. No, it's, that's not about you right now. It's not. Uh, I think the, the, the house being on fire comparison, um, from, from the new day podcast was probably one of the best ones. You know, we, we have to address the house that's on fire. Yes. All houses matter. But right now, the house that matters is the one that's on fire. And the best one I heard was uh, going to your gram- your buddy's grandmother's funeral and posting pictures of your own grandmother up on the mural. With the <laughs> I said, hey, man, all grandmas, all grandmas matter. matter. I was like, oh, my God, that is hilarious. But it's such just there you go. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, there, there's a lot of things in pro wrestling that have been discussed and... There's a lot of people that feel different ways about it. There's, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people putting themselves out there uh, for for a good cause like this. <laughs> but you also have um, some just some things coming up where people are questioning, like WWE's decision. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a uh, uh, NXT heavy episode, so I wanted to kick things off with uh, the Drake Maverick, I guess story arc. I, I I don't know how you want to say it other than that, but uh, the Drake Maverick storyline has been a point of contention for a lot of people. Obviously, nobody really knows besides the parties involved if this was the plan from the beginning or if Drake actually was part of that group that was let go from the company. But we do have this situation now where Drake Maverick went through the cruiserweight tournament, made it to the finals, lost in the finals. Lost uh, graciously. Lost graciously, had an excellent match, uh, you know, and then was rewarded afterwards with a contract by Triple H. Consolation prize, yes. Yes. Now, it's, it's weird to me because, again, I'm one of these people that I try to always think outside of the box for a storyline myself. Whenever we come on the show, we always rebook 
storylines and talk about how we would have done things better. Uh, you know, and to be honest, this is one of those storylines I probably would have come up with. This is one of those ideas I never thought WWE would pursue, but it's definitely one of those ideas I thought would peak interest and would be cool. It's hard to blur the lines in today's wrestling world. Everybody knows what's up. Most of the storylines that they're using have been recycled time and time again. It's hard to get one over on wrestling fans any longer. I feel You're like operating with the understanding that Drake Maverick was never actually let go. I here's what here's here's how I see it. I can't know that. So my my guess is that maybe yes, maybe he was initially part of the part, you know, of of the wrestlers who was released. But I also think it might have been like Drew Gulak where they kind of realized the mistake they made pretty quickly and yeah. backed their way into uh, getting him back. I think he was resigned. Or if he cried himself into a job, and he, maybe all the other people should have taken their time to cry as well, and they would have gotten rehired. I don't know. I don't know either. And I, yeah. I that's the thing is, is like, on one hand, I don't... I'm I, not going to fault the man for it, because I don't kid, fault he was him. really right. crying. Right. I, I, I lost my fucking dream job. I, I, I feel like he was passionate about it. I think he also knew exactly what he was doing. Either it was storyline or he knew what he was doing by putting that out there. He wanted to show how hurt he was. Not that he was mad, that he was hurt. Like like you would to a girlfriend who broke up with you because she thought you didn't care enough. And you just wanted to show her how much you cared by FaceTiming her and crying on FaceTime as one last ditch effort to get her back. The, and I, honestly, I, even I myself, I think I, the part of me that was concerned about that being a work is how annoyed or pissed off the other wrestlers would be. But now if I think about it, they're fucking wrestlers. Like they're if something's wrestlers. a work, they should be like, yeah. it's a work. Oh man, they worked every, I mean, that kind of sucks. I was involved, but that was pretty good. That's I, pretty good. Yeah. I would love to get people's opinion. I would love to get the opinion of wrestlers about it. I feel like that's would be their stance on it. I think they would be like, nah, that was good shit, man. <laughs> and then explain to me why they think it's good. And it would be just based on the fact that you, you have to do whatever. This is the kind of thing that, again, if a company that wasn't WWE did it, people would think it was revolutionary and brilliant. But when WWE does things, they tend to get shit on a little bit more, uh, especially when, you know, they come off as being very sensitive at times about, people now and like they care like there was a time when they were ruthless and nobody would have really blinked an eye at, at them doing something like this uh because they just didn't care about people that they released i i think that now nowadays they've shown a little bit that they they care you know post-release i think that they they still do things but they also fired fucking mike rotunda two hours after he appeared on the bump you know, for them. Uh, another interesting thing that they did was they contacted Chelsea Green to ask her if they could use her pool to no, film no, a no, segment. No, no, no. no, no. They, by <laughs> proxy, were trying to trying to use Zack Ryder's pool. Okay? That's what they were trying to do. That's what I mean. You fired this dude, and you're going to contact his girlfriend and be like, by hey, proxy of can, Zach we, Ryder. can we film a segment at your pool? 
That's weird. Uh, Jack, no. Jack Ryder was probably like, you know, fuck off of Marx, all right? Yeah, all that's, right. Uh, that's exactly what it is. Coming to my pool. They filmed it somewhere else. However, it makes me curious. The very next week, we see Chelsea Green randomly part ways with Robert Stone. Is she going to get buried now? Is she going to get, like, is she is she in the doghouse because she didn't let them come film at her house? Well, no, because Robert Stone is now a drunk person, apparently. I, I love that, too. So it looks like they're writing off, like, both characters. Like, why don't they just take them off TV? Like, yeah, I don't know. They they, they have to bury them on their on their way off TV? I don't know. I, I, and it seems like they're, they're giving <clears throat> Robert Stone Chelsea Green's old gimmick from Impact is what it is. Like, next he's going to come out with smeared lipstick on his face and a wedding dress. It's going to be awesome. Wait, was, uh, there, were they recruiting somebody like yes. the episode before? Who was that? Um, Aaliyah. 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 Maybe this is all somehow, and I hate to say it, guys, a work by them. What? Uh, what? Uh, saying stuff. Uh, but NXT has been good. NXT has been fun. I've enjoyed a lot of stuff we've seen on there. Uh, I really enjoyed last week the Riddle versus Thatcher match in the, what was it, the fight pit? That thing was cool. That was badass. Yeah. That thing was super cool. Like, honestly, the fight pit should be incorporated more often. I completely agree. It should be a staple. It should definitely yeah. be a staple. If, yeah, they should make that an NXT thing. Or, hell, it could be it could be across all brands because it the the platforms to jump off or you can even have like have your tag team partners up there you have to climb up to tag them like there's so many different things you could do with it oh i love that idea i really do i i you know what i wanted is i wanted it to be like thatcher's like signature match you know now that he's won in it <laughs> he's already introduced the they, they're behind him so much he's got his own pajama he's got his own yeah fuck yeah he's the king of the fight pit you know what i mean like taker with the buried alive matches he can fucking whip it out every fucking you know six months dude fucking king of the fight pit would be so dope on a shirt yeah <laughs> yeah to a regular normal human being be like oh it should be a uh it should be a shirt of, it should be a shirt of gilberg and a king of the fight pit <laughs> gilberg so that was a brutally great match, though. Thatcher, oh, so good. Thatcher got his fucking mouth bloodied. Uh, Kurt Angle was actually a really good, competent referee. Somehow, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, and 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 I mean, the the finish I mean, was kind his, of perfect with his wrestling experience. It makes sense. He knows how to get up in there and really, you know, elevate. You know, be there. <sighs> enough and not be there to where he's like in the way that's you know? what it is that's yeah. what i was i think what i was more impressed by was how he was just an actual referee i think too often people that are the ref in the match become a part of the match and and he didn't really do that like he was just there it was just cool like he he legitimately called it and you know we we had a great fight we had a fight is what it was. It's, it's just like really... the referee on wrestling video games. They're just there. Yeah. They're <laughs> just they're there. The three. I forget that they're there <laughs> until someone knocks them out. And they don't count my three. And then I get irritated, <laughs> uh, but riddle goes on the SmackDown. Uh, I think we touched on that on the last episode, but I just think that's going to be a great move for him. I think his, I, I think everything about his personality is built for the, the SmackDown ma the, stallion, the main roster just in general, but yeah, the SmackDown stallion. I love it. Yeah, um, I feel like also like anybody that's been transitioning from NXT to the main roster, 
they 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 need to be taken care of with more finesse, you know, especially now with wrestling being in a, in a in a downturn. For example, um, what's her face? Um, man, yeah. I, can't, I think I can't think of her name. No, she's married to Montez Ford. Um, Bianca, oh, Bianca Belair. Belair. Thank you, Bianca Belair. She was called up to the main roster maybe three weeks ago. Where is she now? Yeah. You know, like, why aren't you keeping these these call-ups relevant? Well, I literally forgot her name because she's not on TV. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that was you, a very you gotta good especially example. be careful with the ones that didn't, because they they have this habit of rewarding a title to everyone before they went up, but now they've not, ah. they've they've escaped doing that, and the people right. who've gone up without a title, they've sometimes left them out in the wind, and I think <clears> that's what's happened to Bianca. So they, I hope it it can't happen to Riddle. He's too good, but yeah, but he's too good, but he doesn't have a title other than a tag team title, right? Right. Yeah. He, he hasn't he, held any. He hasn't held anything else. He yeah. didn't go through that that system that they were going through back in the Samoa yeah. Joe Finn Balor days, right? Yeah, everyone looked like a world beater before yeah, they, before it they was, came uh, to NXT. It was Shinsuke, Andrade, Drew. I think th- those three boys really set the scale, and I thought that was going to be the formula for any new call-ups for a while, yeah. especially with the fucking PWG talent they had on NXT. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the foil. You well, know? and now you have this weird mix where some guys are just being left in NXT, like Johnny Gargano and Ciampa. They're working with new talent and putting new talent over, you know, like they're almost playing the veteran role that would normally be on the main roster by somebody who was so, like, who was saying, pushing someone new. So are you saying Ciampa is the new Chris hero? It, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Cause Chris hero never <laughs> even got a championship, but I'm just yeah. saying it's weird by now. We should have seen Gargano and Ciampa both move up to the main roster based on, the old formula. They were, well, and, they were, like and I was remember, saying, though, Chris Hero basically was like the guy that everyone had to go through in NXT at some point. You know, what I mean? yeah, he yeah. was the pit boss. He was the yeah. pit boss of NXT. Yeah, I, you know? I, I, and and when they tried to bring Gargano and Ciampa to the main roster, right? Uh, Ciampa got hurt, and he had to go back to NXT. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. It's, and and now at Takeover, he's being dominated by Karrion Cross. Karrion uh, Killer Krasowski Cross. Yeah, Kowalski Cross. The oh whole my name. gosh, he's gonna murder you in your sleep. Oh, it's that match! Be awesome. That match. I mean, Cross with the no cells. It was kind of weird. It, are they really trying to strap the rocket to Cross that hard, that heavy? I think I think he's, he's one can't miss prospect. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's one of the few guys they've brought in NXT who was already polished and and ready to go in the WWE system. I will say that the addition of Scarlet to his life, you know, because they're really together. They're but shoot married brother. They're they're shoot right, but you also have the fact that they just they work so well together. Right. Like I, I dig the fact that she's trying to be something different in NXT and in WWE than trying to be just the gorgeous blonde. Like that was literally her character in impact wrestling was just the gorgeous blonde who could turn into smoke and reappear when she wanted to vanish and shit. Uh, that's not that cool of a gimmick. What she's doing. Oh, I never now... realized she was actually disappearing. But... <laughs> shit. <laughs> 
she, she wasn't real the whole time. That was the key. Uh, the gimmick only worked on Derek then. Yeah, I guess. I, <laughs> She's I, not real. I just, I, I love what she has going on. I think that yeah. he, he is one of those guys that when She's you went to go with home, she really does. Uh, but when, when you went to go see him at an indie show, he felt, I, I'm not meaning he this was in a bad way, fantasy. but he felt like a WWE guy already. Right. Dude, like, he's huge. He wasn't he's like, as he's like six, two or six, three. I think he's built like six, four. Right. But, but he did, he did big. a lot of the traditional WWE wrestling kind of things. Right. Like he was huge. He'd slam guys and turn around and go to the crowd and be like, you know, well, where... that's, the, that's the big man style. Right. No. And, and he was, he's very traditional in that way, but even watching him at a, a show I called here in Phoenix, you could just tell that there was like he was he was head and shoulders yeah. ready for WWE above other people, and I think going in the way that he has gone in with this gimmick, that he slowly, you know, like from his time in Lucha Underground and his time at FSW, or not FSW, uh, what is it? Uh, Future, yeah, yeah, Future Star, Future FSW, Star. yeah. Um, but he just he's always done the same thing, but it's just gotten a little better each time, you know. And and this this particular character is like this slight mix of what he was doing in Impact and what he was doing at Lucha, but it's perfect. It has the WWE behind him, so he gets all the cool shit like the smoke and the light effects and the cool entrance and everything. Every, everything about his, you know, his, I guess, debut in the company has been handled really well. I, I would strap the rocket to him because it only makes sense. If he starts floundering around with some 50-50 feud right now with somebody like, you know, Keith Lee or something like that, it's it's going to lose steam. He kind of needs to be just one of those guys that, like, steamrolls through NXT, wins the championship, goes right onto the main roster, maybe even without losing it, you know? Dude, if they, if they really wanted to bank on him, what he does is get a couple big wins under his belt and say, no, nah, I'm done with NXT. Sure. Like, yeah. Like that's his thing. Like, I, I only will compete on the main roster. These are. This is nothing. Yeah. Based on that match with Champa, he's set up for that. He. Yeah. That, that's a. That's it's, a perfect way to handle him. Uh, it doesn't impact, you know, NXT too too much. Uh, you've you've you basically just handed him Champa on a plate, and he devoured him. Champa has been one of your biggest badasses on your show. I I, I can't really see anywhere to go but you know down as far as him sticking around for too long yeah like he, if he goes against balor it doesn't look good for balor to lose it doesn't look good for cross to lose there so that's not an, uh, there's not a win-win there yeah man. so right yeah right. he should be out of there quick hopefully all right uh my other big surprise besides that from takeover in your house uh besides how amazing the set looked and how much i loved it oh yeah uh, that was really cool the fucking set was so cool was Io Shirai winning the triple threat match and becoming your new NXT champion in Hell an yeah. amazing yeah. match? And just, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was time already. I thought that they already had something going with Charlotte where they were going to keep plugging along and doing, you know, the, the Charlotte dominance tour in NXT. It felt like the right time for her to win, though. Yeah, big fan of Io. I, she's been, like... You know, on the cusp with her, her and Shayna, so I think it was just inevitable. Of course, she's going to get this title. 
got away from Charlotte so quick. That's 100%. I was hoping there would be a title change, but it definitely still was like, huh, I guess they're going to move on from Charlotte. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, though. I think it was, I think it's the right move, definitely. And I think, uh, I, I don't know. I think, I, I, times, it's interesting how one person or another can really, like, impact the shift on a show for a division. But Charlotte being back from NXT on like Raw all of a sudden makes Raw feel kind of stacked. He, she really, she really fills the hole that was lo- left by Becky Lynch leaving. I think that may have been maybe the reason why they decided to make that change. It would make sense to me that be because it it doesn't seem like it was time yet, but you know it, it still yeah, felt you, you know it it caught us off you know it caught us by surprise. I feel like. Listen, I tell you what. So, oh, oh I fell in love with Io Shirai when I first saw her in Lucha Underground. That yeah. was my first exposure to Hell Io. Yeah. yeah. And since then, I've always had her her face, you know, like just men- mental mentally embossed in my in my mind. And so when I first when I started seeing her in NXT, I was just all about it, man, and the whole Skype, you know, the whole pairing with her and and uh, and Kyrie Sane for a little bit, and and you know the 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 you know breaking apart the 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 Sky Pirates so to speak, and and then her you know going back to the her her bad girl Lucha Underground roots. Man, I thought it was just a, a it was a just do in my opinion for Io Shirai. She fought through hell and high water. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, they main evented NXT Takeover in your house. And, you know, I think the match for, definitely spoke for itself. Um, EO is going to be a great champion. I don't want them to treat EO like it's some sort of dork champion, like they're, like they're cheat treating Asuka right now. I want them to treat EO like they did with Asuka and NXT, but maybe a little bit more relaxed because I know EO has lost. She she can't be undefeated like Oscar. I just want her. To, I just want NXT to treat EO with more respect. And if they're gonna let her lose, let her lose strong. That's all I want. Dude, EO's great. Like yeah, for that whole triad in uh, Lucha Underground was so rad. That match with Pentagon is one of the coolest matches I've ever oh, watched. So good. Uh, but a good way to go with EO is now that she has a title, maybe she's not willing to take on anyone who's either had the title already. So she takes on new challengers and just racks up a whole bunch of wins. Right. Just, it's like a world beater, man. That's it's yeah. Easy, it's an easy booking to do, but if they'll go that way, I don't know. I, I'm just glad, like like Neo said, I'm I'm glad they gave her the win in a respectful way. I'm glad she got the full pomp and circumstance afterwards. You know, I think that she. Uh, she's one of those talents that felt like several of the guys that they've acquired who were popular elsewhere that they bring in and they don't really do much with you were, you know, she, she was one of the best female wrestlers on the planet. And when they acquired her, it was kind of a surprise, but it was during that phase when they were pretty much acquiring everybody that they could, it, it made sense. But it also was kind of the WWE way to get some of these people and sit them on the shelf and not really utilize them as well as, you know, we we want to see them be utilized. She is finally getting that recognition now. Yes, dude. You know, I, I think that the, like you said, the makeover from from her leaving the Sky Pirates and, and just going back to this kind of, like, fucking dark underground, 
you know she was crazy like it, it's dope. around and she's yeah. insane dude yeah it's yeah. dope it's dope. i mean when she did that i mean beak said it perfectly when when eo and, and pentagon had that match and she did the fucking you know fr- um uh cross body splash from the top of the temple yeah. holy ball one of the greatest you know? moments in wrestling history easily uh, uh i mean she, th- this girl she captured my heart ever since that match and her debut in lucha underground so i mean hats off to her you know she's she's the she's definitely the queen of the skies for me yep i'm with you on that man i'm with you on that uh there's a lot of things working on nxt and that's definitely one of them uh i want to say we we don't deserve keith lee keith lee is just (laughs) just precious and needs to be protected at all costs he's yeah, but I know he can protect himself, so that's not one person I'm going to be asked to be protected. Just coming out of the Black Lives Matter, you know, um, like singlet and everything that he came out in. I I I want to say, or not singlet, excuse me, like outfit. Um, but I, I want to say that like he <laughs> Under the giant outfit. Well, like you know, I'm I'm glad to see these guys being able to speak their mind. I was glad that the New Day was able to put the podcast out that they they. Uh, did but I, I think that in a company like WWE, it does take an amount of bravery to do that. I think Keith Lee doesn't really give a fuck, and he's going to be the person that he is, and that's amazing. You know, I'd, I'd love to see more people doing that, and uh, you know, he's also one of the most badass wrestlers in WWE, so that's pretty fucking rad too. Well, apparently there was a tweet um, that was sent out, and and I can't. I can't credit the source, but I remember seeing a tweet that Triple H did call a meeting with NXT and he laid it out there to say, hey, if anybody wants to talk about BLM and, you know, wants to know what we're doing to support BLM, the door was open. And, um, you know, shout outs to to Hunter for putting it out, putting that out there, you know, and and, you know, I, I imagine and I hope that that tweet was true. Because I just want to assume the good in everybody. Sure. So you want to you want to know they're being open and supportive. It's just hard because during this time there's a lot of fake support. People saying the right thing because they know it's the right thing to say. Um, but you know, supporting your wrestlers and letting them be vocal and and letting them you know be themselves on TV is a whole totally. other thing. You know, uh, I will say this about Triple H. He does say some cool ass shit. But then the other day I heard that he went off about how WWE's been doing cinematic matches for years, and I just shook my head, and no, a little yeah. piece of me died when I heard that. You know, and also this stupid ass has fucking Nazi imagery on his. Yeah, pages. yeah. So fucking this I'm, guy. I'm not going to listen to a guy who has iron crosses as his logo, exactly, right? Uh, but I will say that he made the comparison of like the. I think it was the Booker T Stone Cold, you know, fight in the supermarket. Well, and, and it's like that stuff is more like the a false the, count anywhere match in in public. Uh, well, I'm just saying it's more like what they're doing with the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders and all of their little, you know, you things. Know, it's like that. Like, guys, those that skits. Was like, that was like two cameras. In a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not cinematic. That's yeah, not cinematic at You're not all. using drones I mean, not... and shit. You're not fucking putting together like a 40 man crew to film this thing like you did with other stuff. Most importantly, you're not utilizing the genius of Jeremy Borash in that other stuff, and it shows. We know it. 
We all know that WCW started this with the White Castle of Fear. That's right, goddammit. <laughs> You're going to get your origin story straight. Get it straight. All right. Uh, one thing I don't like NXT in NXT is the Garganos as heels. Oh, no. I do. I don't <laughs> I, like it. I find it annoying, but I also really enjoy it. Maybe I that's... can't take Cam- or Candace being a bad girl because no. it doesn't come off real, but yeah. it's still fun. The way they interact with each other is a lot of fun. No, like, she had a perfect dynamic with Joey Ryan. The reason why it, they worked as heels was... Joey Ryan was like this sleazy dude who was dragging this little sweet, innocent girl who could kick ass with him into the ring as his partner because they were friends. Like, it always had a different dynamic, and I never thought of Candice as being a heel, even when they as a tag team were heels. Uh, But, yeah, this just, it doesn't work for me as much. I want it to work, and I want it to end with Candice LeRae getting some more recognition. I I feel like she's another person, kind of like what we were talking about with the Yoshirai, who hasn't gotten that recognition. She's been utilized more as like the Miss Elizabeth role to Johnny Gargano versus, you know, being her own thing. I, I think she's an amazing wrestler as we've seen time and time again. I I, I mean, if this, if this ends with her winning, winning the women's championship at some point, then I'm for it, I guess. Eh, maybe it's working because I hate it. I don't know. Maybe that. Well, yeah, you're getting worked, son. Maybe I'm getting worked. Maybe I'm well, working myself and, into a shoot. And, and in regards to this pay per view, you know, Candice, Dakota, and Raquel, they they took the L. You yeah. know, they took the they took the L in this opening match. It's unfortunate, um, but at the same time, I, I really hope this gives them another edge to kind of wreak hell and havoc on NXT uh, main show, and hopefully get their come up, come up, come up, and and maybe turning up the heat. Um, you know, in their heel gimmicks, I honestly want, and I and I know this has been that this has been uh you know published already. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, they they compare them to Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Um, I like that comparison. I, I want that comparison to really carry weight. I want that comparison to even to to go up against EO. In, in fact, to really solidify EO as a champion. Uh, and, and hopefully make Dakota and Raquel look very strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, simultaneously have Dakota and Raquel knocking people down and EO's picking up wins on all the other people, all the flunkies and NXT. It's, yeah, easy. And then collision if, course. If, if this uh, means... Speaking of Raquel... If, if, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say... Lady. So I was going to say, if this, if this ends with Dakota wearing chaps and Raquel wearing <laughs> leather pl- pants with tassels, I'm in. I'm in for it. All in. Yeah, Raquel's awesome, dude. Yeah, she's pretty dope. She is... I saw a tweet that said she is what WWE wants wanted Nia Jax to be. And I think that's a very good point. I think she Ooh. is She is that Ooh. kind of bruiser. Thanks. I'm going to blame Seahawk for that one. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that dude's all about the Latinas, so, you know, whatever. I uh, not me. That's yep. my hermano Ar- right there. Uh, uh, yeah, but, th- I mean... For that being your opening match, you know, I mean, so you had the women opening the match and you had the women main eventing this yeah. this pay-per-view. I mean, that speaks volumes for the, the women in NXT. And um, I'll even say this right now. I think NXT's women's division is better across any show, uh, NXT included. Or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. AEW included. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I you know, and I think until we, you know we see some more hard hitting you know uh, action on these other shows, NXT is going to be the place to be for women's wrestling. I would agree with that about maybe the tag division too. I think AEW's AEW's tag division is probably better, but within WWE, uh, I want to say that NXT's tag division is really strong. I, I think the fact that they can also go to the NXT UK and fight tag teams from there is a is a big help to that. I think them building younger tag teams is smart, and then bringing in guys like you know. Brizongo is is again it's it's a beautiful mix it's exactly what is needed to you know keep things interesting I, I i i've had a lot of fun watching nxt it's been a blast the nxt takeover in your house was definitely a, a really fun show from beginning to end and i didn't even you know really wasn't up to date on a lot of the feuds and matches that we were going to see so that's that just goes to show that nxt can just pull off doing one of those shows, you know, in, in situation like this and still really entertain. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and for six matches, I mean, this thing was a bar burner. I mean, my match of the night, honestly was the main event, but my second place was Finn Balor versus Damian priest. Oh yeah. That was badass. That was badass. Uh, Damian priest is another guy that seems ready for the main roster. I, I think at times that, and you know, it's, it's things like that, that makes me confused as to why Johnny Gargano needs to be a heel. I get that. He's trying to do different things and work different angles. I, I get that. He's, you know, right. They're, they're, they're just trying to do something different. Like it's bored with being the underdog baby face character that, you know, wins but then every once in a while it has a shining moment that seems to be what what they were doing with him constantly you know uh i just think that there's plenty of guys like damian archer that are are perfect for being big time yeah. heels yeah you you're know? absolutely right you're absolutely right but damian anyway archer. that's what I you just did. said i did you goofball it's not even his name yet. i know I know it's the thing <laughs> oh. he does. His name's Punishment Martinez. I'm sorry. Um, there you go. Speaking but, of goofing up, Velveteen Dream goofed up and can't be a champion anymore. <laughs> Good segue, Mofo. Aww. He can't. He he done he done goofed. Aww. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Can't goof. I was actually. Like I didn't realize they were gonna do that match that way, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. Uh, all the cars and stuff that was pretty dope. So, are so do you think this is a punishment for Dream to showing off his cock, you know, to people? You never oh, know. They put, the, they, they, they put the stipulation in as a punishment. They're like, Yep, you're gonna lose, and just can't so you know, you can't get a championship match again. You fucked up. It's like, Oh, you done fucked up. Keep your, keep your dick in your tights. It's a weird thing to speculate on. I don't know, man. It's... No, they probably... did, did your dick I, I... cost you a championship? It's, it's dicks have cost people jobs before. I'm oh, sure. so many times. Both <laughs> metaphorical dicks in the office and your actual dick. Yeah. Yeah. That's... In a nutshell, NXT take over in your house. Six matches. Oh my! Back to back, to back, to back man. I mean. 
That's my MVP. That's my that's my winner of the week is the 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 time of show. I I love yeah. these short pay per views. I'm not gonna. It's it's kind of like when all of this ends and I'm expected to put on pants and a belt and shoes that aren't sandals and go to an office again. It's gonna be. It's gonna seem ridiculous. It's gonna be fucking ridiculous. I'm gonna be like, why did we ever do this? Same thing with WWE pay-per-views. The first one that's mm. six hours long, I'm going to riot in my own living room. <laughs> I'm going to loot my own yeah, kitchen. I'm going to riot in my Zoom part. Yeah, I'm going to be upset. Uh, but we do have another WWE pay-per-view coming right up, and that is WWE Backlash. Uh, it's here, and there's some fun Whoop-a. things happening. Uh, leading into Backlash, we had the uh, Intercontinental... Well, I think, what? I think we should also clarify, we're recording this before SmackDown, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, things may change. Um, so we may not have the full card, but we'll try our best. We'll try our best, correct. Yeah, totally. Uh, good, good disclaimer there. Thank you for that uh going into this we do have the end of the intercontinental uh tournament i don't know if that will possibly carry over on friday into backlash but it's supposed to end on friday with the with the daniel bryan versus aj styles match could be match of the year kind of kind of stuff potentially it's one of these things derek where you have the the match of the year between these two mofos and then I my thought was that the match of the year could be also Apollo and Andrade. I yeah. mean, yeah, it can go either way, man. Apollo and Andrade. See, Apollo is another one of those guys. When we talked earlier about NXT, that didn't win the championship, came to the main roster, and just fell flat. Yep. You know? Where'd he go? Yeah. Yep. He took a back bump and just stayed there. Yep. He sure did. It, I mean, and he still doesn't have much of a character. Despite how amazingly gifted and athletic he is, I think that's one of the biggest problems is that he really still needs to develop some sort of something. I, I, I couldn't describe Apollo Crews to you other than saying amazing athlete, but yeah. he's a wrestler, right? So you should be able to say, you know, what's that guy's deal and then be able to say it, right? Like even Tony <laughs> Tony Nese is an amazing wrestler, right? And I can say, yeah, that dude's a freaking amazing athlete and he's totally obsessed with his abs. Yeah. He like wears shirts and robes with the abs cut out and he just counts them all the time. Like that's at least a thing, right? Like Apollo Crews literally still has no thing. Well, uh, Apollo Crews to me is like, the creator wrestler, a creator wrestler with like these super high stats that I don't put any um, like gimmicks charisma. on. Yeah, charisma, charisma on. Dump stats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I put all my stats and like abilities and strength and moves, but I have to sacrifice that for charisma. Yeah. And yeah, I, double I, finger taunt is all he gets. And I'm sitting it. here next to you going, <laughs> "Did you really need to make his traps that big? That's unrealistic." And you're like, "Nah, his traps are staying like that." I had to put Honestly, his traps that high yeah. and sacrifice the, the the charisma stats as well. Mm-hmm. A great gimmick for him would have been like, you know, he's always smiling. Like just his gimmick's like, I dare you to knock this smile off my face. Like just Ooh. come on. Like he's so good. Uha's always been good. Yeah, yeah. I like. See, I like that. See, you came up with that in like 15 seconds. That wasn't that hard, Beak. It wasn't. Yeah. 
And it's really I'm, I'm good. Gonna tweet him. It's I'm really gonna tweet good. Him. Please, please tweet him that. <laughs> so, um, you're, so you're telling me WWE listens to this or no, what's the deal? Well, if no, they I'll just do, tell him directly. It's if uh, they do okay. it secretly, they've been known to steal an idea or two. But ah. see, here's Speaking the thing: of people stealing ideas. Now. Here's the thing: ideas aren't really that original, and a lot of people can come up with the same one. But they steal our fucking ideas all the time, all the time. They listen to <laughs> the, the show. Time. They have spies that specifically download this podcast. Um, the Intercontinental Tournament was interesting because it was a showcase of some of my favorite wrestlers in the world, and then they had this Sheamus and Jeff Hardy bullshit. Which I would almost put up there with the Drake Maverick shit of just kind of going too far. They've spent oh, dis- weeks. That's even more disgusting. It's dude. way more disgusting because they've spent weeks and weeks telling us Jeff's Har- Jeff Hardy's story, being very transparent and open about his the truth of the matter and his struggles with addiction and his how I his. Believe they were setting us all up for this. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I thought that they were just like being open and honest, and he was like doing this as. You know, he. I've seen documentaries where they do this before. the The Undertaker documentary is very open and honest in a similar way. This the same way. Obviously, Undertaker doesn't have you know this kind of you know like addiction situation. But I feel like he's been honest almost to a fault. Where I can't even see Undertaker the same anymore because of how you know open he's been about how he's felt and and some of the matches and his life in general. Uh, Same thing with this Hardy situation. Very open, very honest. Led to this situation, setting us up for... And, and like, not even a suspenseful, like, period of time. We could have gotten Jeff Hardy in jail for a week. You know, Jeff Hardy can't be on this week's SmackDown because he's still in jail (laughs) from last week's incident. They could have at least extended this into a whodunit situation when we all knew who the fuck did it, you know? Uh, Why not? But they didn't. They didn't. They just did it for just one bullshit angle in the tournament. Not even a good angle. It's not even like Sheamus was still in the tournament. Sheamus was just trying to win, like, a play-in game to get back into the tournament. That's a fucking really weird, like, situation as a whole. It, It felt rushed and put together like it was supposed to be more of, you know, of an epic thing. Like, it was supposed to be a bigger deal. But they just decided to get through it in one night. I, I don't know. It was just dumb. I, it didn't come off how they wanted it to. And it was downright offensive considering that Jeff Hardy really did go through all of that shit. And I, and I felt like this angle has been played maybe more than more than once. So therefore, sure. I'm, I'm automatically turned off by it. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's worse because it's like deal. I think it's worse when you're dealing with someone that's really been through addiction. I watched, you know, I binge watched all of the dark side of the ring and I'm just a different person now. Beak tried to warn me, <laughs> but I didn't listen. And now I'm my fucking, my soul is dead inside. Uh, but it's a part of you away, man. Yeah. Like the, the, you away. the, the, you know, Legion of Doom Road Warriors stuff where, you know, they started talking about how they, you know, really used Hawk's addiction on TV. And I remember that very clearly, but did not know no. the truth of the matter, right? Like, 
it was kind of one of those things that I thought it was just a character or something he was doing on TV. I didn't know they yeah. were really doing a parody of real life and having him be a real addict and a real drunk like he was really behind the scenes or doing pills or whatever the fuck else he was on. That, well, to me, completely that, changes that to me, and it makes it so much more disgusting than it was originally to me. Like, before it was just whatever, you know? Well, well and mind you, that that this is also probably before a lot of the social media. Oh, yeah. So when it was done that way, it was really, you know, uh, you know fresh and really unfiltered. They had them right. fall off the, the fucking Titantron. If you think about it, it really back then because nobody knew what was going on. It was a fucking dick move to Hawk. It was just busting his balls yeah. about his yeah. real life problem. Yeah, like, right, right. Because nobody it knew fucking, it. That's it the was thing. Being is. a Vince McMahon being a dick and trolling right. this guy on TV. Right. If it was a, if it was a national story that everybody was aware of, and then they had him act like that, that would have been a completely different thing. That would have been like this. Uh, that was like you like you said. That was just something that they knew internally about him. What a what a fucking weird move. This though, this is really playing a, a fucking shitty card in my opinion. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'm I'm down for them to do stuff like this. I miss things like this. I really do. Them doing well, fucking angles this with who done it and trying to fucking run people over and shit. But th- this ain't it. But doesn't it feel like a very like. Um watered down version of like this is your life sort of deal you know i i mean i guess but it's not the same thing it's not an in like that the this is your life deal was very much about the crowd and some of the fucking the comedy and other shit in it this this wasn't about any of that this was i mean this was maybe uh you know maybe maybe this was intended as a way for jeff hardy to be like I said, open about what he's gone through, let people know that he's like not trying to hide it and, and move along. Maybe this is his way of repenting for all of the trouble that he's gotten into. Maybe this was a agreed upon decision. Like we'll let you come back, but you have to do this thing. Who knows? But it's it's very Vince McMahon to be like, yeah, we want you to do these things. And then at the end, we're going to have Seamus pretend you fucking hit somebody in a DUI. (laughs) Yeah. And, I think okay. some of that can be true, but I don't think they're going to be like, so in order to come back, you're going to have to pretend to drunk drive. Or yeah. At least no. we're going we're to fix it. They're like, what? That's uncomfortable. Right. But, you know, he probably is just a company guy. He's willing to do anything. He he knows his problems. Are, it's a matter of public record. People know. So it's not like a big deal to talk about on the show. But to then use that in an angle to make it look like he was drunk driving, it's so bizarre. Yeah. Well, boys, to take it even a step further, the dirt sheets are 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 already reporting that, you know, for this Friday segment, you know, uh, Seamus is going to request, quote unquote, assurances to have uh, Jeff Hardy, you know, take a drug test and fail that drug test. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. And there and therefore, you know, uh, you know, hanging that over Jeff Hardy even even more so. Go, going into backlash. Seamus is like CM Punk now. Like he's like making people do drug tests <laughs> and shit. Oh God. All right. I mean, well, that's just on the dirt sheets. And honestly, I'm not invested in this storyline for, for, for no reason. 
but I it's one of the storylines where you just want to see crash burn and fail and just you know de- everyone involves good they're all good like but this is the terrible terrible storyline very terrible yeah I it's, don't like it it's Not very my terrible I want to move no, on sir, I didn't to, like it I want to move on to a backlash storyline that I actually love which has been surprisingly enough the Miz and John Morrison versus Braun Strowman uh, Why? I don't know. As stupid as it is, Miz and Morrison are hilarious with this whole thing. And uh, SmackDown had a, a good bit where they were just trying to be practical jokers and then Braun turned them over in their car. But my favorite thing of all has been the fact that Miz and Morrison let us in on a little secret about Braun Strowman's dad, Rick the Crusher Sure. Ah. Miz and Morrison touched on the fact that Braun's dad is a Hall of Fame softball player, so I further investigated this with my baseball journalism skills and came across several highlight reels of Rick the Crusher sure absolutely pummeling the shit out of softballs into just the abyss. He's just hitting them because they're playing softball in like the eighties in parks that don't even have outfield bleachers. It's just, it's just wilderness out there. And he's just, he's just hitting it out into the wilderness. The best part about it is he looks exactly like Braun. He's built like Braun. He's got a beard like Braun and he's just out there playing fucking softball. And not only is he that, he's not a DH, my friends. No, no, no. He also plays a mean third base. And there's some highlight <laughs> reels of his defensive skills as well. Oh, God. <laughs> Suck it, Sid. Oh, he's so, my favorite so, softball player of all time now. Eek and I, we used our Googles when Derek brought this up to us. And we both agree that he looks like Ogre from, from Revenge of the yes. Nerds. Yes. Ogre's part of that family. I'm pretty sure he's Braun Strowman's <laughs> older brother. Honestly, I'm surprised you guys are just hearing about his softball playing dad because it was out there a while ago. But yeah, dude, it, the guy is hey, like, people are identical. I mean, people look like their parents, but like he's literally identical to Braun. It's, it's incredible. Insane. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, you, but you yeah, what's funny is because when I saw Braun Strowman wearing that gold chain, I automatically thought, you know what? A lot of baseball players wear those types of chains. Oh you know? yeah, and I and I was like, oh, and then when you brought this up, I'm like, oh, well, that maybe makes sense without knowing. A happy accident. There you there go. go. There you go. It'd be awesome if Braun's dad could potentially come to the show and get physical because he's still a big guy. I wonder. Yeah. If, I wonder if oh, he can yeah. do anything. Yeah. Oh, oh, because they brought him up. They they spoke his name. He'll be he'll yeah. be there soon enough. Oh, the crusher. Oh, the crusher. I'm yeah. pretty sure he could slam. I'm pretty sure he could do like a little turnbuckle splash on somebody. Oh yeah, or a shoulder tackle pretty oh, easily. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Maybe like a Polish hammer. Why not? <laughs> Back Are rake? they Polish? Back I think rake. that's uh, is that uh, cultural appropriation? Possibly. No, it's it's a, it's a shoot <laughs> shoot move. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Got to call it whatever their nationality is though. That's the key. Um, yeah. Give me a beer. Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley is a feud that oh. if you if you would have told me that oh. Drew would have be involved in a feud as champion and Lana would be in the mix, I would say how 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 could the, how could that go wrong? How would that miss Derek? How would Derek okay. not be interested in that? But somehow okay. they made it happen. They okay. did it. 
Yeah, okay, but the thing is, all Lashley is doing is putting people in the full Nelson, making it look badass, and that's it. I, yeah. I don't know how he is um, pursuant to our, you know, our bad boy Drew. I, I don't know where that he, is. You're right. I think that's what falls flat here is he's not a viable contender to me, despite the fact that he should be. MVP is killing it in this whole scenario. It is proving that he has a tremendous value. You know, like if people are like, why is MVP back? Well, look at what he's doing every week. Look at how much of a character he is. Look at how entertaining he is in the backstage segments. He can even go pretty well in the ring, you know. Uh, but MVP is ha, has been one of the best parts of this. I, I think that's Would it, you though. Say he's been... The MVP. MVP, yeah. I was going to. I was going to several times, and then I was like, nah, that's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Thank Come you on. for leaving it for me to pluck. There you're you go. Telling, <laughs> this show isn't below a little bit of low-hanging fruit? No, no. This show this show isn't above anything. <laughs> We're all low-hanging fruits. We're all low-hanging fruit here. Um, but it's, you know, the one thing that we never do is we never call us the greatest podcast ever. We never say this is the greatest wrestling this is podcast the greatest, ever. Greatest podcast. Oh, <laughs> I missed that song already. Uh, Why yeah. was the greatest wrestling match like that phrase alone was just dropped? I felt like every fifteen minutes, just mm-hmm. greatest mm-hmm. wrestling match, greatest mm-hmm. wrestling match, greatest mm-hmm. match, wrestling match. WWE went as far as to photo impose. Randy Orton's head on the greatest showman body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if Edge and Orton can really make, put on the greatest wrestling match ever because Orton doesn't believe in leg slaps. <laughs> what it? Was it Charlie that first said that? The the catchphrase, the line? Whoever it was, it like when they said it, it's almost like they were going on the, they were going into business for themselves. Like, it could be the greatest match of all time. They're like, you know what? It could be the greatest match of all time. It will be, damn it. It you know will what? be. Bruce, print it. Yep. Get it done, it. pal. Get it done, pal. God damn it. Yeah, um, I mean, and then with, with I don't know. For me, a great wrestling match should have some leg slaps. But Randall over here, I don't think he's going to, you know, pull out any leg slaps to give me some noise. I fucking sincerely still want it to be a thumb to the eye and a roll up. <laughs> I hate you. No, I want it to be an atomic drop, a thumb <laughs> to the eye, and then a headlock into a roll up. I want it to be... And then that song plays, greatest, greatest. Randy <laughs> lays down for Edge, and then Edge rolls him up. One, two, three, win! No. Uh, I don't know, man. It's probably gonna be long and drawn out like the last one. Yes. And uh, yeah, they're gonna put the, they're gonna work their asses off, and hopefully, it's entertaining. And I, I, I hope I hope it is. Yeah. So are the expectations set pretty high for Edge? Because we've way, seen way Randall, but are the expectations high for Edge? It's way too high for this match. I mean, that's mm. it. That's all it comes down to. Is I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's so. Maybe the expectations are so high that you're like, it can't be that good. 
And then when right. it's good, you're like, hey, it was pretty good. Because it's like this reverse psychology kind of situation. Oh, no. I don't know. I can't understand it because I, there's no way that they could pre, pre-call their shot. They're fucking pulling a Babe Ruth over here and pointing to the left field bleachers and shit. You can't do yeah. that with pro wrestling. There's no way to ever know when a match is going to be the greatest match of all time. Get the fuck out of here with that. I th- and that's... Somebody said the last one was the worst, and they're like, well, you know what? Now we're going to give them the best. <laughs> I'll give you the best, pal. <laughs> uh. Ridiculous. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I want to see the fallout of the match. Is it going to be the greatest match? Probably not, because I've seen Okada and, and Omega in the Tokyo Dome. So, sorry. Mm-hmm. That spot's been taken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, right. I've seen Pentagon and Omega. That's That spot's been taken. I mean, anything Omega's in is probably the some of the greatest matches. Not not anything recently, but you, those, matches, those matches in the past are really good. You're going to have a hard time convincing me that a lot of wrestling matches are better than Shane Strickland versus AR Fox in Lucha oh, Underground because I was Christ. because I was present for that. That happened 5 feet away from me and I still can't believe some of the things I saw that day, right? That match I, I have similar sentiments with Osprey gross. and Amazing Red up here in in Tacoma, See, like yeah, one that's of the most incredible. incredible things to witness live. Right, it, it, that'll gauge your opinion. Like even terrible matches, when you see them live, like oh, that was a lot of fun. Sure, <laughs> and then people are like, that fucking episode of SmackDown was dog shit. You were like, I don't know, I had a good time. I was there. It was fucking great. Yeah, we were yelling and shit. It was yeah, fucking Braun Strowman <laughs> almost killed a guy right by me. It was great. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> We had some. We have, we also had some women's matches that are set to take place. We have Oscar versus Nia Jax. A lot of heat on Nia Jax for some of the being terrible, injury. Being terrible. Well, I mean, it's she's simply gotten worse. Like, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's very true. It's really odd because obviously one of the most basic you know skill sets for being a pro wrestler is not hurting people. You know, being able to look fierce and like you're really injuring someone when you're not really doing that. Um, she, she, she just loves fucking beating up poor Kyrie saying there, uh, and but, the best hypocrisy of wrestling fans or hypocrisy of wrestling fans is they don't like Nia Jax accidentally hurting their opponents. But when guys intentionally hurt each other on purpose, like in Puro and just beat the crap out of each other. No, you can give you guy a concussion. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Puro. Thank you. I'll, I'll take that all day because that's what I want to watch. Yeah. I don't want to watch Kyrie or Kyrie's uh, melon getting split open. Sure. You know, on some dumb shit that Nia is doing. For, yeah. You know, sorry. Or it's like the fans who, uh, like, oh, Vader just taking liberties with his jobber. That's fucking cool. But Nia Jax. No. Sucks. I think they all are jerks. That's what I say. I love Nia. I love Nia, but I think it's a hard time to come back from it. I mean, I I think it's a hard time to. I I, I don't know. Like I root for a hundred percent, dude. Like, don't get me wrong. I want her to succeed. It just seems like either she doesn't care enough to not be reckless, or she just doesn't know how to do this thing. I don't mean to compare her to Big Show because she's also a very large person, but I mean it's kind of like Big Show when. You know, they turn Big Show face after him being this, like, fierce 
heel that was like beating people up. And they turn him face so he could do some wacky shit and be in a fucking television show or a movie or whatever reason they wanted to turn him face for six months. And then expected to turn him back to being heel. And Nia's a little bit like that where we've seen, you know, different sides of her being kind of fun. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like her Big E side, you know, where you find out that the fun side of Nia Jax is... is is kind of more entertaining than her being yeah, this badass media. Right. Nia Jax's social media is better than her wrestling. Right. And so, like, Big E, Big E couldn't go back to being the enforcer character he was, you know, like, when he was with, like, Dolph years ago. That It, it just wouldn't fly anymore. I mean, maybe, maybe because we'd be so mad that he's not being fun Big E yeah, anymore. Yeah, if he specifically we'd... make that the point, it's like, I'm done with this silly shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. that I guess that could be good. I, I well, anything Big E does is good. But <laughs> I just, it's hard for Nia to go best. back to being this and and I don't know, finding it believable. Oscar doing a great job as always, but Nia, she's the I, best. I'm just waiting for this to pass and for the next feud. That's unfortunate because I adore Nia, I really do. Um, and then we uh, also Nia. Nia is a snack. Hands oh, down. Oh, she's a beautiful week. woman. All the time. But but she's a, she's spoiled when it comes to the wrestling. Yeah, for some people, things might have come too easy, too quick. You know, um, you might not have actually had to work your way into being technically as sound as other people have to be in order for them to get the opportunities that, that you're getting. I mean. But she can't even appear to drop somebody onto a barrier safely so it's, yes. yeah at this point she, it's yeah. like completely insanely reckless yeah I, yeah no i she, she should just go to japan take a sabbatical kind of like what sasha did go to japan learn how to wrestle or go to mexico well probably japan like her uh, lucha naya <laughs> that'd be so fucking if, rad if she if you know if she can link up with um that, hat, that hamburger lady that'd, uh, be, yeah. that'd be dope <laughs> That'd be so awesome. Why not? I forget the, I forget her name. I'm going to look it up right now. I know there's Nino Hamburguesa. Yeah, Nino the Hamburguesa. That's one guy I want to yeah. talk about. I want to know who the, the lady The Big Mama is. lady? I forget. Yeah. Yeah, that's her name. Big Mama and Triple A. Yeah. yeah. Didn't she break her leg recently? Like, I think she did. Anyway. Her name is Big well, Mommy. There you go. Big Mommy. Yeah, that got sad fast. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did she wrestle Nia Jax? No, no, but she's oh, on her own yeah. weight, unfortunately. Yeah, right. big right. big mommy is um she's a Mexican luchador professional wrestler. She's in triple A triple A. She's a mixed tag team champion with Nino Hamburguesa. Yeah. <laughs> nice. They're fun. Well, you you brought up Sasha Banks being a champion and uh, or in Japan, and she is now the tag champion again after they beat Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss on SmackDown. Uh, so now they have a triple threat match against Cross and Bliss and the Iconics. Iconics! Backlash. Uh, any thoughts on why they might not have just waited for the title change to happen at this show? Instead of on SmackDown? Uh, honestly, the only reason I thought that they would go for it is Alexa and Nikki is not exciting TV really anymore, and... I, I found both Sasha and Bailey on Raw very entertaining. The opening of Raw with them was really great. So maybe they just use it for a little tide over for the TV time. 
I like to call Bailey Pam now. That's my favorite thing to do. She's awesome now. She's gotten she looked great in her gear on, on Raw too. She's gotten better and better in this whole bitchy Karen role. Yeah. All right. So my take is, and I think I in B already heard of this, but my take is, I think Sasha and Pam politic their way to win the, the to win the title. They talk to the manager. They talk to the manager to just so that they can get the titles because that that's. They politic them with their, themselves into this role, and I think they're going to keep the titles and eclipse the uh, the reign uh, that the Iconics had because they want they want themselves to be more synonymous with the tag team titles, and because Bailey is a champion, it's going to be hard for them to lose. Will this cost Pam her championship though? Absolutely not. No? Nope. Pam will politic her way, speak to the manager mm-hmm. so she can keep her championship. Mm-hmm. And, and Bailey... For a with, year or two? Yeah, exactly. Like, I just want this to ride out. So Bailey and, champ for two years? Dude, keep it going, dude. Just keep that going. Put some put some stank on the... Put some stank on them titles, bro. Dang! Dang! Until the Iconics come up with, like, a better finisher... They can't. They can't touch Hammond. Uh, oh, oh. uh What's her name? What's What's Sasha's shoot name? Regina. Mercedes. 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 <laughs> that's That's yeah. so much better than Bailey and Sasha. Pam and Mercedes. <laughs> I hate the fuck out of Pam and Mercedes. Like Jesus. That's That's two people that don't even sound like people I want to know. I I have a Mercedes and I, I named her Sasha. Oh. <laughs> okay, you're, okay, we're we're done. I'm done with because I'm a nerd. Yeah, <laughs> you love me. You love me. Uh, let's do winners of the week, shall we? All right, my winners of the week uh, is going to be Andrade versus Apollo Crews for the United States title. That's a I, that's a match. That's I a think, match. I think that match is going to be my winner for Backlash. No, um, no. Then you do that next time. When we cover Backlash, who's your winner of the week for this past two weeks? This past oh. two weeks. You know what? I'm going to give my winner to the week of uh, to, to New Japan Pro Wrestling. No, you can't give it to a promotion either. It's a winner, a person, an individual. Oh. Okay, I'm going to give it to uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Hey. For appearing on the New Japan uh, broadcast, uh, announcing the fact that New Japan is coming back, uh, they're going to be doing shows June, uh, July sixteenth. They're going to be doing the New Japan Cup, and Hiroshi Tanahashi is delicious and a scrumptious boy. No, <laughs> no. want to see no. all the time. No, no, he's not. You denying those effects? No, no, is fucking <laughs> no. I hate him and his air guitaring wrestler slash babyface in the world oh i hate i hate fight his baby on face. that I hate fight his baby me face. on that <laughs> i will i will i'll fight you later he will and uh, you know what i'm gonna drag and screw your leg and then give will. you a high fly flow that's a sex move oh <laughs> no so be ready all right beak your winner of the week well you said it had to be an individual, but I think I can come here with. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's a group. It's nope. two individuals. Oh, it's Run the Jewels. Oh, the winners of the week because that album it's fire. Yeah, man, Killer Mike and ELP. 
that run the run the run the jewels for, bro. That's just, just LP, brother. Just LP. Well, L hyphen P, right? There you go. I I didn't know we were spelling the names. You know, for all for all the uh, the people out there. <laughs> yeah, dude, this the whole album's amazing. Uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely take time to listen to Walking in the Snow. Uh, the the verse on there by Killer Mike is perfect for the times that we're in right now. Just just listen. Killer Mike is the is a leader of men, and I think he should be president. But he's Killer Mike. I don't know yeah. how many people are going to vote for a guy. Right, right. Yeah, that's. It's a hard, it's a hard nickname to get past. Is that, is that okay? Does that know. count, Derek? No, that, I guess I'm not. I'm not happy about it. I'm not fucking happy about it. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was looking for a single person, and I was looking for pro wrestling. But um, I will let it slide, given oh, the time. Oh man, times. I didn't know there was these qualifications. Yeah, there's a lot of qualifications. Uh, the actual winner of the week, folks, is Drake Maverick, and we all know it. If there oh, was any one. one person oh. that's a winner of the week. It's Drake Maverick. I don't know what happened with his situation. Uh, I'm surprised that it's turned as, you know, unfortunately sour as it has. I'm very happy for him as a person and for WWE. I think that they corrected, you know, mistakes that they made. Uh, Maybe they didn't make the mistake. Maybe it was planned the whole time. Who knows? Uh, I know we won't know for at least, you know, a good couple of years until they do some sort of documentary about it or whatever. But uh he's definitely how we work the marks how we work the marks he's definitely my winner of the week for this week because i got worked into a shoot by it brother Uh, i concur but thank you guys again so much for listening to episode 413 of the steel cage podcast we have a fun announcement to make before uh, we get out of here i'm very pleased to announce that we are adding yet another amazing podcast to the steel cage network and that podcast is a podcast that our friend Neo X is very familiar with because he is on it. It is the Matt Mania podcast. So give it up for the Matt Mania podcast joining the Steel Cage. Uh, Neo, so, would you would you like to give us any any thoughts? Absolutely. First and foremost, thank you for the opportunity uh, for accepting my drunken speech. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been a long time coming. It just makes sense for Matt Mania to be on the Steel Cage pod. Uh, we'll still, um, so we're going to be posting regular content on steelcage.com. Uh, we'll have our own little uh, page or, or uh, category on the steelcage.com. And, you, you know, you can also listen directly on the steelcage.com, uh, directly linked to the SoundCloud as well. Uh, it's been a long time coming. It makes sense. We've had so many crossover episodes that, you know, um, we're family. We're family we're now. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, we'll come over to the steel cage fridge, grab a beer without asking. Totally. Vice versa. Yep, so, absolutely. Hang out in the kitchen so, for an extended period of time. Chat absolutely. it up. Yep. Uh, I will say, I will say that much like the guys from uh, the steel cage and, and beak beak is, is included in there. Uh, it's, it's awesome to meet people in pro wrestling as fans that become more than just somebody that you chat with online or like sat next to at a show or whatever. Uh, I think we've ran across each other at local shows here quite a few times before we actually started doing the podcast thing together. But uh, Mega Ran brought us all together. And uh, I, I don't know what my life would be like without the Matt Mania guys uh, on it. 
I'm constantly on Teak Time. I'm hating everything just like rock. Uh, and Neo infuses me with his love and positivity in more ways than one. And you could take that however you want to, but you know exactly what I mean. Um, but yeah, I love these guys and I'm very happy to have them be part yeah. of this, and, this thing we're doing. And I'll, and I'll even say through the steel cage. I mean, we, I met, you know, beak, we sat next to each other at a PW at the PWG show yep. and had, a, had, a, had the greatest times, you know, and the fact that we're podcasting now on the regular, it warms my heart, you know, cause wrestling, it, wrestling is a beautiful world to be a part of if you just can know and meet the the the, the right people yep yeah that's it i i really enjoy podcasting with you guys and listening to you guys and that goes the same for all the shows on our network i really enjoy listening to all of them i'm a i'm a true fan of the shows that i'm not on i think the hogsmen are doing some amazing stuff so please check them out. Unfunny nerd tangent. They've, you know, those poor those poor guys, they're 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 dying without new movies coming out, but they're still cranking out the shows. They did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh and I mean, honestly, if you're like me, I'm catching up on a lot of older movies that I've missed because I'm a dad and I'm not allowed to watch the movies with the swearing and the murder in it. So I, I I'm getting a chance to catch up on some of those movies now. I'm going back through some of the unfunny nerd tangent archives and, and listening to some of those shows. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun thing to have as kind of a guide to listen to after you've watched a movie that you've never seen before. Uh, the, I think, uh, everybody with the exception of Jared is hilarious and awesome over there. Um, and then, you know, hands down. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of great shows. Please check everything out. Me and Tim do this thing where we eat snacks uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard about it. It's not what we do. Well, what we're about is respect for women, but what we do is rate snacks. Uh, and we're approaching episode 100 of that. Uh, it's a milestone for us because oh, the, the yeah. podcast that we stole this podcast from uh, Mike and Tom, they reached 100 and then they fucking quit. They just quit on you. Uh, you guys need 100 grand bars. I, I, Oh, Oh, don't spoil it. You can't give the, the stuff away, but no, we're not. Uh, but you know, Mike had to come on our show, you know, that's the, that's how bad things got for them. So, you know, now here we are at episode 100 and I'm very excited about it. So please check out all the shows again. We thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, and remember kids, Carrying Cross is gonna murder you in your sleep. Time will tell. TikTok. Yeah, you push me to the limit. But you never get it right. You're always taking what you give it. It's gonna take all night. Now the cops are